guys? Welcome back to the Anna Creates Podcast. I am here with a very special episode this week. I have my dear friend Ryan Tour with me. And for those of you who have been listening for a little while, you know I had Jay Reel on a few episodes ago. Ryan is the other half of Jay and Ryan, who <laughs> I talk about quite a bit because they are some of my first mentors when I first got into recording. And actually, Ryan was the one who brought me out to the swamp first. That's you were right. the first one that I met. I, I met you uh, when I was working at Law McQuaid in Stratford. Yes, exactly. And this little boy comes in and says, he wants to learn to start recording. <laughs> yep, that was... <laughs> and I remember, this is, it's so funny, because I remember one of the first things, I was like, I really wanted to know how to get my guitar sounding better. I, just, I, was, I was doing like... I forget what I was in Cubase or something. I had like a little interface with one thing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I brought in this thing and I'm like, Hey man, like I'm really, you know, I, I just, I want my stuff to sound better. And you're like, okay, like how can I help you? Like, what do you need to know? And I said, well, I just, I want it to sound like Nickelback. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And I play this thing and it's like a, a mono guitar through like some at the time, terrible amp sim in, in Cubase. And you're like, Okay, okay. And I remember this so distinctly because you were just so nice. And we're like, okay, have you tried using some EQ or compression? And I was like, uh, no, no, I'll, I'll go. And I remember going home going, I don't know what a compressor is, but oh, I have to learn this. Ryan said I have to learn this. So that's where it started. Then I was like, hey, Ryan, uh, can I come out to the studio? And <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. You came out and then you became a Padawan out there. Yep. And yeah, actually, it was funny. Then you showed up at the store and had like a long list of, okay, this is the stuff I want. I'm making my own studio in my basement. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Start built a little, little spot down there. Ryan helped me pick out some stuff to <laughs> get started down there. Made it actually a pretty good little spot down there. It too. was. It was good. It, it worked. Very dead uh, room for some for drums. And yeah, then I started hanging out at the swamp at the, right. at the time. Uh, and that was the, the studio that Jay and Ryan co-owned at the time. Uh, just what 10 minutes outside of town beautiful outside of spot yep. yep and uh we yeah spent many 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 hours there for many, many late nights many late nights that's right yeah i actually remember <laughs> my first record um what we would do is i'd, I'd work with them all day I'd, I'd learn i was engineering uh and you know that kind of stuff and then we'd all you know hang out play games whatever and then people would kind of fall asleep on the couches and like that's what we would do it's you know two in the morning and, okay we're and then i would go back into the control room and shut the door and i'd work on my record till like 6 a.m while everybody else was sleeping because that did, was yeah. when i had to, that was when i had time that's that's what we did to, yeah I'm yep. trevor mcleod and i that's what we, yep. did when we did our first records there too and yep basically yeah after after the session was done and everybody went home there was like okay trev we've got you know from three till eight in the morning to do our stuff so let's go and then at, at nine o'clock we have another session coming in so yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's that's how we got to know each other uh, that has was what 14 15 years ago now oh yeah wow yep <laughs> it's been a while yep. <laughs> yeah so you learned under jay before me you jay was your mentor first for a while wasn't he when i yeah when i first started out i mean i've been playing drums since oh geez yeah how did you grade uh, grade seven grade tell eight us about i your, started your playing kind drums of your journey into into recording and, and music and yeah how you met jay too. Well, I, I think probably around the age of seven or eight i made a drum kit out of cardboard boxes Mm, yep. And so then my parents were like, oh, okay. So I guess that's what he's going to want to do. And uh, so then drum kit and then lessons and then uh, got in and started playing my first bands uh, in high school, mm -hmm. nine, you know, grade nine and 10. Yep. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, I met Trevor and I met Jay and and 
you know, I did a ton of stuff with uh, bands before then. And then it was like, hey, it's time for college. What do you want to do? And I was like, I, I don't know, Jay, how, how do you do this? <laughs> right. Actually, it's funny. I met Jay actually the very first time and I didn't know it with him. Yeah. It was, um, was uh, he was doing a album called Touch My Heart and I was in the Stratford Boys Choir singing. Mm, and no so, way. <laughs> and okay. so uh, we go into this little studio that was on the south end by the train tracks of yeah. uh, Stratford there and uh, and they're doing this uh, album called Touch My Heart. Anyway, this guy with huge 80s rock hair wearing <laughs> overalls and just a white shirt <laughs> comes running out, moving the drums out of the way. Here you go, boys. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All right, you guys just sit oh there. And I'm just God. like, whoa, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was like, I don't know. It was a grade six or something like that. But uh, anyway, so then I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. And then when I finally met him and then I saw on his wall, cause he had a wall of things he did. Right. I right. was like, touch my heart. He goes, yeah, we did that album. I was like, I was in the boys choir. I was one of the guys that sang in that. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and then that's kind of where we, we started off. And then I was kind of like, I want to do what, you know, what Jay does. I really like it. And I really, I've always been interested in all the production that goes into making a song or even right. a movie or, or anything creative, you know, it's mm. like, if I see somebody doing something, you know, made a program, I want to know how the programming works. Right, I've, right. I've always wanted that. Or I see a radio and sorry, parents. Yeah. I see your radios and your stereos and stuff. I want to know how it works. So yeah, yeah. I rip them apart. And <laughs> <laughs> many, many lost stereos. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was, I always wanted to know, how do you get from there to there? Right. You're uh, you making know. the music and yeah. you're like, how do, how are they making it sound like this? I need yeah. to know how to, I need yeah. to know, like, how does this thing work? How does the TV work? How does this yeah. work? So I've always been inquisitive that way. Um, so that's really what got me into. And then Jay got me into, he wrote me a letter of uh, recommendation for OI art. Oh, and, yep, then, yep. and then, uh, yeah, I went to OI art I graduated there and went on tour with, uh, lots of different bands and went all the way across Canada lots of times. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, then I came to Stratford and we started, uh, Jay had a studio there yep, and luckily yep. I had a good contact with him. So then I started working with him and then right. I ended up bringing a, a lot to the studio, right? Uh, which kind of made us partners. Um, yeah. and then, uh, and then you came in. Yeah. Then I came <laughs> in and we were, we always joke, although it's, a, it's slightly wrong, but Jay went to Oyart and graduated from Oyart. And then 10 years later, you, you went, did exactly. 10 and years then 10 later. years after that, you did. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. So we're like 10 years, 10 years. I think it's actually 10, 10 and then 11. I think I was 11 years, but close enough. Close 10 enough. years. 10 years. That's 10. <laughs> so, so you were doing a lot of touring and still doing the production kind of at the same time. Do you, did you always want to continue playing in bands and doing production? When did, cause you do a lot more production yeah, now, now than I'm touring back, now. Yeah. Um, I mean, money isn't there anymore. I mean, back right. in the, back in the day, if you get $125 a gig, mm. you know, at least covered your food and expenses and stuff. Now, I mean, it's not even worth me to get off a couch for $125 by the time you pay for food and, <laughs> and gas. And I'm the drummer, so I got to show up there first and sit there for three hours because I got to have all Settling this stuff. Up, yeah. yeah. And then I'm the last to leave. And by the time I get home, it's like, yeah. I, I think I kind of want to do more production now. Right. It's just, yeah, I just don't find it's really worth the effort. I do like playing live. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Just, if you can play live, cool. That's great. But I just feel like it's the industry's kind of gone downhill for that. Like, we haven't had a raise. And right. Since like 1965 as yeah. a musician, right? Yeah. Like back then you could actually support yourself if you're a musician. Yeah. Where now it's like, there's no way you're doing that. There's a lot, a lot yeah, a lot less. You got to put a lot more work in oh, yeah. and, and yeah. And if you got the production, if you like doing the production, cause some guys, that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. More power to you. Yeah. But if you enjoy the production, which you do, I, you know, 
Why not? It's I mean, I, I know lots of people that are they're, totally. they're professional musicians. That's all they do. That's all um, they do. Yeah. And and but they, I mean, I know they've taken they've had some really long hard road to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally know musicians that you know for the first five years getting started mm-hmm. in Toronto lived in you know out of a box basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a hard road if you would just want to be a musician. But being able to do this allows me to be a musician. Mm-hmm focus on other things too and yeah. still you know i can still be creative and i can help other people too with that you know yeah. whereas being a drummer you're just you're a drummer right? just yeah. whatever so we are sitting currently if you're you can't see this uh if you're just listening but we are currently sitting in sg studios which is ryan's latest studio <laughs> i've been with you for five studios of your own five or yeah five, five or six, six. yeah something different like different <laughs> situation we'll, we'll get into that but first i just wanted to kind of talk about sg studios for a minute because it's a gorgeous place i just spent the weekend here recording a, a band and i'm here all the time I, it's great it's great part He's of one of my best men at the in my wedding so exactly <laughs> yeah we we spend a lot a little too much time that's together right sometimes. i think my wife's getting a little nervous yeah well, maybe <laughs> don't blame her <laughs> she she knew marrying you that uh, it's a package deal yeah pretty you much get, me and Jay included <laughs> yeah. in one. That's good. I mean, you get to talk point. to her. I don't have to. And then, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I'm kidding. I'm what? kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> she won't. She's not going to listen to this. I hope. Well, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so we're sitting in SG Studio, and this is the the latest uh, and greatest studio that we've got going here. Yeah, this is phenomenal. So this is a ten year, well, ten? probably probably more than ten year project in project. my mind. Yeah. Um, We've been planning this for a for while. a long time. Yeah, I mean, even when we had uh, the studio back in Toronto, yep. on Islington. Yep. I mean, that was still was, this was still kind of a vision in my head. Mm-hmm. What really? Well, we lost this. We didn't lose the swamp. The swamp we shut down. Shut down the swamp. Jay had yep. to go to Nashville. Yeah. I went to Toronto. You ended up getting a job at Noble. Yep. Then I, uh, I then followed had, to Toronto. Then you came to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then you needed a place to stay, so we had the studio, and then we had two big lofts in the studio, which yep. were which was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a big box, so it, uh, it didn't sound the greatest, but, uh, it, it worked. worked, it worked for what worked we had, for what we needed. um, the main reason I was in Toronto was for, because of a band for I was playing, yep. I was playing with Rise for Order. Yep. Yep. And then, um, the band decided to dissolve at one point and I just kind of went, why am I in Toronto? Why <laughs> am I paying like, I this much in rent? <laughs> yeah. And I don't really need to. <laughs> and traffic's terrible. Yeah, it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I just said, you know what? That's enough of this. So uh, luckily, I was able to get a, a spot here in London. Kind of started hashing out the plan there, and then I, right. of course I had a little basement studio. Yeah, just yep. like very small, like not even as big as this room. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the longest time. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, as I started hashing this out, and then uh, Karen and I, we found this plot of land. Yep. And then when I knew that we had enough property mm-hmm. then i could actually go ahead really with the plan. plan yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you got to put put the ideas down and then it's like okay but how where is it feasible how is it feasible exactly yeah and, and then I, you had a place while you were building this because this is a, a purpose-built building like ground yeah. from the ground up you know that's why it's such a huge project it's not not many people get to do this right <laughs> but this is like from the ground up purpose-built building that is meant to be a studio and while you're doing this the the house you had a, a another kind of basement studio type of a uh, yeah, I had thing like, while you were doing this because this didn't take 
overnight. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had like the one in the bottom of my house, which I had to convert. And yeah. I did it very simply because I knew, you knew we this were, was I was working exactly. on this. So I was like, not going to put too much into this. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I still had to design and put up acoustic panels and enough to, enough to, to make work. It, yeah, to make it sound right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we started working on this place. Yeah. For this place, because obviously it's a huge project. And I know not many people are going to <laughs> end up getting to anything close to this, but... Uh, I always find it very interesting to learn about about bigger studios and and just studios like this. What was the design process for you? What you know through the different iterations of other studios, you're kind of learning and whatnot. So what was the what was the process of design and the team involved in making this? The thing, I mean, we've got our we've got a horse farm here now. Yep. Uh, and so I obviously had to think of a few things. I had to think mm-hmm. of I need a carport for for cars and stuff. And I've yeah. always hated that, you know, when you're trying to load your gear out in the middle of the night and it's pouring <laughs> rain and you don't have anything over your head and your yeah. gear's all getting soaked. And and it's like, I want something that you can pull your van up. Any band can pull their van up. Yeah. And, uh, and just, you can open up the back, pull the stuff out and it doesn't matter what the element is. You're okay. You're good. Yeah. And um, so that was one thing. Obviously you need a spot for horse equipment. Yep. Um, and I got a really big workshop because I do all the panels, like all the sound stuff right. I, des- I designed and I did it all here. Right. And so yeah. I needed a big spot to do all the tools and, yeah. and, and a spot to actually work. Of course, I wanted a gym. I yep. needed a gym, so I got that. And then I needed a video editing spot. I wanted yep. a whole separate spot for that. Um, an office area. Yep. And I wanted a kitchen for sure, I knew. Yep. And obviously a bathroom with a shower I wanted because yep. if you've ever played with a drummer in a <laughs> session for six hours... Trust me, the only thing that's going to get through everybody is they. you get that drummer a shower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it helps everybody. You get that drummer a shower and everything's all good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so there's that. And then I started looking at as well, um, what do I want to be able to do mm-hmm. in the studio? Yeah. And I kind of looked at it a couple times thinking, well, I mean, everything's kind of downgrading now. Everybody's doing a lot more stuff at home. Do I need to put that much into a big space. And then I was thinking if I want to get into more video, which mm-hmm. I did want to, yep. and I am getting into, yep. I need a spot that I'm going to be able to set up like a big green screen. Right. Or if I want to do sound design or if I want to have, uh, you know, I want to do like actual music for, for yeah, film. Yeah, music stuff. for film and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to need a spot that I can at least get half a choir or an orchestra in. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I, need, I got a couple sound booths. And, yeah. and I also always like trying to get a full band sound live off the floor. Nothing sounds better for drums than... A big, a big, nice open. And you're a drummer, which (laughs) is like, I want to be able to play my instrument (laughs) and have it sound really good. Exactly. And also went into design too, was like, obviously either, I mean, if you look anywhere in any spot, pretty much in this building, Mm -hmm. there is not a 90 degree angle. Right. Yeah. um, Including ceilings. Yeah. (laughs) So like that was one major major thing that I did uh, for sound reasons, obviously. And luckily I had the opportunity to design that myself. Right. And basically from that point on, once I had the design, mm-hmm. I went to uh, my friend Harito, yep. uh, who's an architect, who uh, helped me design. Once I, I kind of sketched it out what I wanted, and then obviously he put the plans together. Right. Uh, and then we took it to uh, the full engineering stage. Yep. Uh, and then um, they designed everything from that point on uh, to my specs that I wanted. Right. right. And then from that point, once we knew we had that, just had to go through the municipality, obviously you get your permits and the right. engineers had to check it out, make sure it's okay. Yeah. And then we went to our construction. Once you broke ground, how long did the actual construction Was take? It 20, the- 2018. Yeah. The fall of 2018, we got the cement pad in and then winter came. Yeah. And then we couldn't do anything until the spring. So all of 2019. Yeah. Uh, from basically the first thaw, which is, 
a little bit middle of March, maybe middle March. Yep. All the way up until f- an hour before my wedding, this place was being built. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, we're in our suits, just about to go to the wedding, and we're doing finishing touches. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, whatever many months that was March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah, I mean that was eight months right eight there. Months, yeah, and that was like pretty much every day. Yeah, it was intense. It. it was intense. And it still really wasn't done by that by that point, but it was done enough that But the thing is 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 when is it ever done? No. I mean, we did it's some work it, on it yesterday. Same with mixes. Are <laughs> they know, ever done? They're no. never done. They're never no. done. There's always changes to be made. There's always, you know, and that's I mean, I think that's just, you know, par for the course with creative spaces cuz yep. as you create in them you go, "Oh, that'd be good. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, that'd be good." Yep, for you sure. Know? So, it's the same thing even if you have like a building like this that you, you know, obviously the, the fundamentals have to be there, <laughs> but it's going to continuously change right. as your needs change, as your vibe changes, as whatever it is. So yeah, exactly. I, one thing I really like about this spot, um, is it's a pro level studio. It's got a beautiful live floor drum sound mint in this place. It's, it's great, but it still has a vibe and maybe it's, it's also because I was part of working on it. I got mm-hmm. to, I ran a bunch of the cables. I soldered half, most, I think you soldered pretty, pretty much everything in this place. <laughs> um, I had a, I did have some expertise in soldering. Um, so, but we did that. Jay helped a lot with the trim of everything and, and the acoustic panels. And we did a, this desk. the desk that is right behind us. Jay just helped with that as well. But it has this like DIY elements to it mm-hmm. while being a pro facility. And like, it's really cool. It's very homey as well. Bands feel comfortable here. Cause like I spent years working in, in big studios mm-hmm. and you know, when I worked at Noble street for, for many years, there's a lot of smaller bands, especially that come in and they kind of, they feel like they can't sit anywhere. They feel like they can't touch anything. Cause it's just, it's too pro it's beautiful, but it's not the most comfortable mm-hmm. for them sometimes in a place like this is pro enough that they're like, ah, this is going to be great. But at the same time, they're like, I can actually create here and be comfy here. That's my number one rule for it. Yeah. Uh, Was if you feel like you're, you can just go sit down and read a book in the studio and you don't care, you know, that the clock's running or whatever. If you just feel relaxed that you can Mm. do that, you're in a creative spot. You're, you know, just, just being relaxed. Right. And you, you just want to be creative, but if you can feel like you could just go sit on the couch and read a book and you're not worried about what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's really what I want yep. them to feel in the studio. Because, yeah, when you've got red light fever and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, this is costing us $10,000 yeah, yeah, an oh hour. My god, oh, my God. It's $80 an hour. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be. There's no way you're going to be creative. Yeah. There's no way. And I, I, if you go around the studio, you can mm. see I've got mic boxes everywhere, even in the lounges and yep. whatever. So if you want to record something up there, a part, you feel comfortable up there, well, sure, we can do go that. for it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, wherever you feel relaxed, basically this entire place is wired up. I just yeah. didn't wire up the bathroom. That was the only one I didn't do. Which was a de- – that was terrible because <laughs> I love the sound apparently, of singing in my apparently bathroom. Apparently Prince did have a microphone and stuff all set up in his yep. bathroom in case he needed it. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> well, you never know when it strikes. <laughs> Most people like singing in the bathroom. It sounds great. <laughs> Not very controlled, but yeah, the, I, I think that's a, it's a great kind of balance of, of having that being able to like, there's a lounge upstairs, there's the gym, there's video games the, you know, you can go relax for a minute, you know, bands stay here. The really cool part is, is like you said, you wanted a, a bathroom with a shower for the drummer after mm-hmm. six hours, but also <laughs> bands can come out and be here for an extent, like they can come for a few days yep. and kind of, it's a nice oasis cause it's in the middle of the country. You're very separated from everybody. Mm-hmm. 
which is um, the band that we, we recorded a band this weekend, actually. And that was one of their big things. They loved being able to come out here and just kind of they couldn't, you know, quickly jot over when their girlfriend called them because something happened like they were here to create. And that, that was the whole point. Right. It was like living in Toronto was kind of like, man, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> yeah, I'm never doing this ever. I yeah. don't know. Why? It's too busy. It's busy. When you step outside to do anything, yeah. just, I need a breather. Oh, there's a million things You go things to bed happen. and there's like five planes flying above your, you know, you can hear everything. It's yeah. just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, because one thing that we, we like to do out here is is go and have a fire. Yeah. Uh, at night, we're relaxing. There's a fire pit outside. Go have a fire. Chill out. <laughs> nice, you know, decompress after the day. You <laughs> At least know, with this relax. fire, there's no homeless people just sitting around it. Exactly. <laughs> the, the big difference. I mean, yeah, I guess you could do it. Drawn- <laughs> So I wanted to kind of go back a little bit Mm -hmm. and you obviously build up to a place like this. Like you said, the design for this place was 10 years and you've been working in studios, building different iterations of studios, home studios, like, you know, what you can manage to let's put a little more effort into this. You've been doing this for quite a while for Mm -hmm. your own places. And I know you've helped, you know, me. Uh, other friends, tons of, tons of different things from your work at Law McQuaid through the years. You've also seen a lot of people come in and like me <laughs> ask you, what do I do? How do I do this? So I know you've got tons of expertise on this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of go back to the very beginning and, and give some, some advice for, let's start at the very beginning from a musician who's thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm writing songs I'm playing songs. I'm, I'm feeling good about this, but I don't want to spend a, a $10,000 to record. Right. What do they need to just start even just to do demos? Because nowadays a lot of people are recording demos or to, to be able to go to a studio to whatever they're going to do with it after the fact, where do you start? What's the most basic thing when somebody goes, I want to record, right? What do you tell them? Well, I mean, first thing, uh, there's still two ways of recording right now, which are a standalone unit. So like, uh, like any of the zoom things like, uh, the zoom H six that I'm using right right now for for vocals. Um, and they've got ones like mixers that are, you know, up to 24 channels or then there's computer based. Right. Unless you want to go to like two inch tape, which I I think that's kind of going a little too far. Computer based (laughs) and software now has become so advanced that it's, it's really just the way to go now. Anybody with a laptop or even just a pad can record so that, and then you're going to need obviously, uh, some type of interface. Yep. Uh, or, and a microphone. Right. Headphones. Right. Those are, there you go. So, and software. And a software. But, but do you need like Pro Tools? People throw the word Pro Tools around. Do you need Pro Tools? That's Pro, that's, uh, that's uh, one of the softwares. There's tons of them out there. Yeah. Um, that do just fine. There's actually a really good one. Uh, Personas, the new Studio One 5, I think. I think, yeah. But uh, they do have a free version of it actually that you can download, which is really good, Mm -hmm. um, which I steer most of my people to that are coming into it and right. and might be a little hesitant to, you know, go right for the $600 a year pro tools, pro tools <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you can do multiple, you, like you can do multi-tracking on it. You can do lots of stuff with it. So look at the software. That's a good thing to start looking at. Obviously a Mac and a PC is a, is a big thing to look at. You know, yeah. are you a Mac person or a PC person? Some things, most stuff now will work on everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, software wise though, you might run into a few issues. Yep. But once you've got your computer and your software, um, pretty much any sound card out there, uh, one channel, Nowadays. two channel ones, uh, you can get a good microphone for vocals and acoustics and, and guitar for, you know, anywhere from 250 to, mm-hmm. you know, 300 to $400 just for a good one. And yep. I mean, just for starting level ones are just a hundred dollars. Right. Know? If I'm hearing this right, you don't need a lot of gear. <laughs> no, not at all. The biggest thing to to do is to get the basics. You can get these, you know, for five hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean the computer. I mean, obviously, if you have a computer or an iPad, iPad you're going to pay a little bit more. A little but, more, but most people, 
have some type of a computer that can probably work. Yeah, anybody pretty much in this day and age, yeah, your home computer is going to be fine. Then what's kind of the next thing? To me, you have to invest time into learning how to use this basic stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I've had so many people go, hey, I bought this stuff and I got this and I did this, but it doesn't sound like Mm -hmm. what I want to sound like her on the radio. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of microphone technique that you need to learn. There's software techniques you need to learn. There's like, there's so many things that go into it. One of the biggest things that I, you know, I tell anybody that asks me Mm -hmm. is you need a good sounding spot, whether it's just the corner of uh, your bedroom, whether it's whatever you need to make sure you've got a good sounding spot. That's going to focus, you know, all your energy into that microphone. When, when you're kind of thinking of a, of a good spot, give us some, some basic things to think about when making a good sounding spot. Like what I'm in my apartment or my house, what am I looking for? If you're just like starting out, one of the simplest things you can do, find like a 90 degree angle corner and uh, get, find an old blanket, Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, like a good comforter, good thick blanket yep. and just put it up 90 degree, let it hang down and put your microphone, you know, so that you're facing out from the corner yep. and then you've got your, uh, you got your insulation on that yep. and that's going to stop any of your, you know, reflections from behind any of that open room sound that, yep. you know, when you do it, when you go to sing into a mic in an open room, it just sounds open. Yeah. It's going to stop all those rear reflections. Right. And uh, that's an easy way to do it if you're just doing it at home. Yep. I even, when I had the studio first in London, yep. I actually put blankets. I actually stapled them <laughs> into the ceiling. Yeah. But I, I put actually a, a row of blankets around the back too. So it stopped any reflection from back here too. And then you just had a good direct right. vocal sound for that microphone. So going from there... Obviously, that gets you started, and and I know from experience, literally, you can make phenomenal stuff with that. I have an artist that I worked with, um, and she did what I said, like, yep. just do this. She asked, like, what can I do? I don't have enough money to be able to do all this. And yep. I said, okay, yeah, just uh, do this at home. Go get yourself, uh, I think it was actually an Audio-Technica, you know, yep. 2020 or something like that. Right, right, yep. Uh, and, like, a Focusrite something, and... And she went home, she did it. She recorded uh, her acoustic guitar and her uh, vocals on it and yep. then gave it to me and I added, you know, some drums and some bass mm-hmm. and and it actually sounds really good. Yeah. What do you see that people should do that they don't? What are the biggest mistakes that you see people do that they really don't like need you to just, do? Like you just said, they go and they buy the most expensive gear and I need this gear and I need that and I need the all these plugins and I need this stuff and I need that. It's like you don't. You mm. don't need that. You really need to focus on, if, and I mean, if we're talking about the person who's the musician and being the engineer, yeah. um, you know, like you really need to focus on your craft. You got to really focus on that because if you don't like the source, it doesn't matter, right? right? <laughs> yeah. And so I would really focus, like take your time and make sure that you, you're focused on what you're doing in terms of that either instrument or vocal or mm. uh, piano part or whatever. Make sure that that's, you know, your number one thing. That's the right. biggest thing. Starting starting from the actual source. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's, it's true, though. Yeah. Like, in no matter what studio I've been in, no matter what band, no matter what record. Like, for instance, the first three days of the Billy Talent record. Mm-hmm. When we were doing guitar sounds, this is Billy Town. Like this is like half a million dollars on a record or more. And the first three or four days of guitar sounds, I don't think we plugged in a microphone. Right. <laughs> it was all guitar strings. It was, I mean, obviously this is overkill for most people, but amps, 
How does the amp and the head sound? How does the cab sound? What speaker? Do we need to switch the tubes in this? Do we got to get a different speaker for this? How does the guitar, how's the guitar set up? All of these things. That's where the priority was. Let's get the source right. Yep. The session we just did. I mean, we went through three different snares. We went through four or five different rides. We went through, you know, just to even just get the drum sounds. Yeah. The sound that we wanted, right? It's not that we need a lot of options. It's making the best out of the options you You have. have. Right. So we had, we had the stuff. We had the stuff to be able to go through three different rides. If we didn't, we would have made the best with what we had, mm-hmm. or you know, it's easy nowadays. Go to Long McQuaid, rent stuff, go exactly. borrow stuff from your friends. If you're gonna sit down and record, you can borrow stuff from other people when you're actually like, I'm gonna hone in on this. Pe- tons of people have tons of guitars. Yep. So if you're if you're trying to record guitar, go, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want you know? if you want that Mesa Boogie Les Paul heavy driven sound, yeah, just go rent it and yeah. And it's bring, not very expensive. It, 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 no, like for the weekend, you're probably looking at a hundred bucks at the most for like a $3,000 guitar yeah. and, and a Mesa Boogie you know, yeah. amplifier. And you're good. And, and there, you just do your tracks all weekend. Yeah. You've got the sound that you want. And then you're not going back and forth and trying to reamp stuff and just get the sound right off the beginning. So from there, you know, people will find their path, what they're going after, obviously, because if you're a vocalist, you're going to look into more vocal stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're a guitar player, you're going to look into more gu- guitar stuff. What, like there's, a, I, we can't go into every possible option. And once you get started with the most basic stuff and understand what you're liking, what you want to pursue, you'll figure out how to ask the questions to move forward with that. Mm-hmm. But what's something that you always see from helping people with their home setups, their creative spaces that people overlook with the creative spaces, with their recording, everything like that, that, that would be consistent, whether you're vocals, whether you're rock, whether you're jazz, who knows? Right. Main thing. I mean, recording at home is the sound of your room. Focus on the sound of your room that you're recording in. You, it's going to make everything a hundred percent better with the sound of your room. Is that going to cost me Ten thousand dollars to make it. If you want, if you want to pay it, sure, yeah. But no, it doesn't have to. Some acoustic panels that you can buy out there are, you know, a couple hundred dollars just for Mm. a two by four panel that goes on your wall. But you don't have to do that. You can, Mm. you can honestly go get the really thick rock wool. Yeah. This is what I did for a lot of my stuff. Yeah. uh, Rock wool, and then actually you helped me build them. Yeah. Uh, So it's about it's about an inch uh, thick. That stuff. Uh, It's really heavy, dense though. Yep. And then I went and got the uh, one inch wood strapping. Yep. And I put that around. We built a little frame for each one. Yep. And then um, pick out any kind of like a nice cotton color that you like for a fabric. Yep. And then literally just put them together and staple them in. You're saving yourself probably $160 a panel. You know? Well, with today's lumber prices. Well. That's true. Actually, I'm glad I didn't build the studio <laughs> oh in God, this day and no. age. Yeah, Ooh, that would have been painful. So so you can do it yourself and it sounds... And it sounds just... I mean, it's the same thing that they're doing. They're just charging you more money for it. So Right, because it... <laughs> I mean, they put like a little, you know, like little cool angles and stuff on it or whatever. But I mean... If you have a woodworking friend, you could do the same thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the point that you're highlighting is the sound of your room is the biggest. That's your, that's your biggest thing. Yep. For sure. Your, your source and the sound of your room. So the technology is not the, the, the lowest common denominator anymore. It's not the problem anymore. These days, not at all. I graduated 2000. So I mean, we were still doing full on two inch tape. Pro tools was just a new thing. Right. That had just come out. Right. And so, I mean, the way the technology for me has gone exponentially from what I've seen to like from now, it's like, Wow. I can't believe we can do this. Basically, any technology you buy nowadays, any of the software you buy, any of the interfaces you buy, any of 
the most of the microphones you buy, yep. except if it's a, literally supposed to be a crappy sounding microphone, right? <laughs> um, will sound fine. And Absolutely. If you spend the time to learn how to record it, not clip your interface, for instance, you can make good sounding stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, I know with wood prices going up and stuff, but <laughs> if you wanted to take like just a small room, like say like a small, say a room like this, yep. and it, yeah, it was just a small rectangular mm -hmm. room, you know, and you invested, you know, like a, a weekend or three days and yep. maybe say 1500 to $2,000, yep. you're going to have an excellent sounding room. Yeah. I mean, that's what I have right now at the moment. My personal space that I do a lot of work in and I mix out of it. And I, it's, it's like, it's a spare bedroom. Mm -hmm. If you have a spare bedroom in your, in your apartment, even in whatever, you can make a little nice production suite for right. all of <laughs> 2000 bucks. <laughs> and it's not going to, going to break what you're doing. You yeah. can make great sounding stuff. And nowadays, even at the highest levels, they still do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I highlight this a lot on the channel, on the podcast, you can do it. And, and here's an expert who knows and has dealt with all of the different new technologies. You're on top of all the new technologies come out. Mm -hmm. They're all at this point, they ain't making the difference. No, no, it's not. And it's, it all comes down to the artist and it comes down to the person doing it and yeah. uh, just taking that time. And it might take you 50 takes, but yeah. Do the 50 takes. Exactly. And you're going to get the right one. One thing that I that you mentioned that I want to uh, also talk about a little bit about is you were talking about an artist you were working with who you kind of gave them their advice. They made their little home setup, mm -hmm. put it together. They did their vocals. They were they could invest their own time into getting the vocal right. They mm -hmm. liked that. Then they gave it to you and you did, you know, some bass, some drums, whatever. And this is something that I come across a lot as well. People will record at home and send stuff to me to yep. mix. Is this kind of the way you see the melding and the home recording working together with more professional people and spaces? Because even here, people coming out doing drums and mm -hmm. then taking it home or yep. like there's, is that how you see things happening? What do you see? Um, definitely for the bigger studios. I mean, that's definitely the way it's going. And I think it's going to continue to go that way right. even more. Uh, especially as we, you know, technology and software and apps get better that they don't need to use you know, auto tune here. They can just top, you know, hit their yeah. button on their computer and it does it for them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, biggest thing too, like with that lady that I did, she, she did want to do it. She wanted, mm -hmm. she was interested. She was inquisitive. So you got to be inquisitive and you got to be, you want to learn the software. You want to do this. Right. So many people, I try and help them and then they get frustrated because they only spent five minutes with the software and then right. gave up. And I mean, there, there's a learning curve. You yeah. got, you know, there, like, yeah, of course we've gone to school for it. <laughs> yeah. There is a learning curve. You can't just go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to record a $50,000 sounding album and yeah. uh, here we go. Here's 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's definitely the way it's going and it's very possible to get awesome sounds like a good sounding record yep. just by doing most of the stuff at home yep. and either just tracking drums or maybe bass and, you know, just like the bed tracks or something like right. that. And or vice versa. Yeah. The hybrid that hybrid workflow yep. is is kind of the future. Yep. To highlight what you just said is we've learned a lot. We've gone to school for it. We're professionals. This is what we do every day. <laughs> and but it but in saying that, it's not like don't get intimidated by that. You can get get the basic stuff, learn the basic stuff, mm -hmm. and get good recordings to then give to professionals. If that's what you're doing, if you invest the time into learning it, mm -hmm. just a little, even a little bit of time, the basic amount of time to get started with whatever the outcome is you want. If you want to be able to do your own vocals, perfect. And you know what? Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to call 
a guy at Long McQuay. Don't be afraid to call your friend or call an engineer at a studio. Don't be afraid. If you can't figure something out, yep. don't be afraid. I, most of the time, people call and go, I got a really stupid question. <laughs> and it's like, it's not stupid. If I can help you, then yeah. you're going to be able to get past whatever you're stuck. You know, like you're on level 45 on Super Mario and <laughs> I can't get by this part. What do I do? What do I do? And yeah. then all of a sudden I get you by that. Okay, I can go all the way to level 54 now. Totally. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to call somebody, yep. ask an engineer, ask friends, whatever. Just, uh, if there's something that's stumping you just and you want to get over that because you'll come along and those things will be flying along and you'll hit a bump. And if you just get past that bump, then all of a sudden you'll be flying again until you mm-hmm. hit the next bump. And, and sometimes you'll be stuck and not know what to ask, which that's fine. Mm-hmm. I deal with that question. Those questions. I don't know what to ask, but this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Like, oh, right? yeah. Okay, cool. I know yeah, exactly I, what you're talking this about. This is what I want to do. And I don't know why I can't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so that is really important. And that's, you know, that's how I started is I asked questions. I asked you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I asked questions and I've been really, really fortunate to have many amazing mentors. And that's why I have the podcast. That's why I have my channel to help bring that to more and more people to open up this conversation of if you have questions, if you're struggling, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We're There's nothing stupid. Nothing stupid there's at no, all. No stupid questions. I've had, I've had even people just like, hey, I, my, you gave me the wrong cable. You told me to get the wrong cable. And it's like, well, what does it look like? Well, it's this kind of cable. Okay, well, that's an XLR. Yeah. And that'll go in here. But it doesn't look like that on the box. Well, that's a, that's because it's a multi-connection. <laughs> you can put a quarter inch or an XLR in that. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. okay. And there you go. There's there a simple Easy. question, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I think this is this is great. There's lots of great information here. There's I think that's really going to help a lot of people and the key takeaways is anything's possible and if you invest the time into learning what you're doing, got to d- dedicate yourself. Yeah, dedicate yourself if you're passionate about actually trying to learn, that's when you're going to be able to do cr- great stuff with it. If you don't have an interest in it, that's fine. Then you can hire people. Mm-hmm. But just know that you're either going to invest time into learning it yourself or you're just going to hand it off and right. just that's, those are kind of the options. And it's beautiful nowadays because you have those two options. Yes. Yes, of course. You 20 do. years ago. You didn't, you didn't, you had to come to a place. Yeah. yeah you I, had to hire, <laughs> you know, when I, I mean, when I started, there was no punching in. It was, you did the song from front to back. And if you messed it up, yeah. Well, start again. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to end off, what is uh, one piece of advice for musicians, for engineers or producers and engineers, wannabe producer engineers, anybody in this creative music industry world, what's one piece of advice that you've learned over the years through your years of touring, through your years of uh, studios, through productions, they working with tons of different artists. What's something that you see that people moving forward need to really think about that'll help them succeed? I find you got to learn something. You should be learning something new every day, like have to be, whether it's, I, you know, I learned drums and then picked up piano from watching somebody play or picked up guitar from watching Trevor play while we're on the road, things like that. You know, like you should be learning something every day Mm -hmm. and, and make sure that you do learn something. If if you're, even if you've been playing video games or something all day and it's like, yeah, what, you know what, I'm going to go pick up a book for five seconds, (laughs) you know, or, or I'm going to go research something for five seconds, you know, learn something new every day definitely is something I try and do every day. And I would suggest as well, if you're, singling in on something like say you just want to do audio production or you want to do Mm -hmm. like sound i would also suggest as an engineer that you really start looking into video because we're getting into a very you know Mm -hmm. uh video world like everything every band needs a video presence online now yep um so i mean i've been doing i think most of my stuff in the last i'd say 80 percent of the stuff i've done out here Mm -hmm. has been 
audio plus the video. So that's definitely something if you're looking at that, definitely start getting into looking into doing video for sure. Yeah. Because everybody needs a video presence out there online. Yeah. Being diverse in that way is, is good. Learn something, learning something new every day and just having a healthy curiosity for various other things. Cause I know they're, you know, with video, uh, that's something that interested me. And I was like, I'm going to get better at this, learn more of this. Same with you. Right. And, you know, learning different instruments. What's a possibility? Learning uh, tons of people, even at school, were like, I'm going to be an audio engineer. And then they would go and go, I can do sound for video games. Oh, that's cool. so cool. Yeah, I want to do that. And now they're like top of their field. Some yep. of my classmates, that's what they do. They love it. They didn't even know that was a possibility. So being open to those things. Yeah. Yeah, I had one. In friend. that, what, your one new thing a day, be open to learning something yeah. new because because you never know what's you gonna know. you know steer you. I mean, we, you and I and Jay, we did that that one little movie. Uh, yeah, and that's what really got me. And I was like, wow, actually, I really like doing this. Totally. This is a lot of fun. I want to do some more video production. Yeah, and then I started doing more, and then yeah, having fun, being able to to be open minded to that, I guess, is yep. the is the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to change. You got to roll with everything. I mean, this industry is changing very fast, especially now. A lot of money is being sucked out of the industry because you got things like Spotify and YouTube that mm-hmm. they're not paying anything. It's and and I've talked about this on the podcast as well, so you can go back and check out previous uh, episodes. But it's changing. There's the money is being taken out of of record sales, for instance, because now we've got Spotify. Mm-hmm. But people are still willing to support their artists just in different ways. Instead of buying your record now, mm-hmm. they learn about your music and then they buy your shirt or they want to support you through your Patreon right. or there's a million different options. But again, you have to roll with the punches. Yep. You have to understand that that's changing. Yeah. Gone are the days of the rock stars with the million dollar record contracts and you know the record company spends a million dollars on their record. Yeah, it's not going to happen anymore. Billy Eilish, or what, yep. what's, is that her name? Billie yep. Eilish? Billie yeah. Eilish, yeah. I think she won like six Grammys. They recorded it in her brother's room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I exactly mean, exactly the record company's going sweet we didn't have to pay anything for that exactly <laughs> and you know what that's a, i think that's a great thing that's a great way to tie all this together they did it in a room they properly figured out how to do it and they did it in a bedroom yep and they made and how many grammys did you win like, yeah five or six or something yeah like swept away the grammys and that but it was it highlights how much you can do and great quality stuff she had she knew what she was doing. Her brother knew, knew what he was doing. And they just, they, they understood their craft yep. and weren't phased by the technology. They were on an old computer. They, it they, didn't just, they did it until it sounded good or until they, what they wanted it to sound like. Right? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, and it's possible. And I think that is a, a great way to tie all this together. So one last question I have for you, and this mm-hmm. is completely separate from the rest of <laughs> everything. <laughs> What's the future for you for SG studios? This is now that we're kind of we're, coming out of the pandemic and yeah, we're finally coming out. Um, I've got a couple music videos I'm ready to do. Uh, I've got a couple uh, short films. One, yeah. uh, we are, we just, we just shot most of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a little suspense thriller based on a poem from 1812. Got another, I got an animation that I want to do. And uh, there's one other short little film we might be able to do, but, I don't know really what we're going to get to do, yeah. but we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to make sure that I get the green light that, okay, we're out and we can go do <laughs> lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Lots of great stuff coming. Where can people go to check out you to check out the studio? Uh, you can either go to ryantour.com or scary gnome productions.com. Scary gnome. Okay. Scary gnome. Tell the, 
Where'd that come from? <laughs> I came from our very horrible B movie that we shot. And it was about a scary gnome that came to life and he went around terrorizing people. If, if you want to see that, find me on Twitter and tweet at me and I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. I'm not going to even bother putting that in the show notes for this. That's not even worth it. But I, I just thought it was funny for a, for a title. Totally. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's if, if you have included in, that's SG, scary gnome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you very much, Ryan, for coming on the podcast. This was great. I think people will get a lot of value out of this. And thank you for sharing your knowledge. Yeah. And, and if anybody has any questions, my email is on the on the uh, website there. You can email me. I'll, I'll respond to you. No Perfect. Yeah. Check check out Ryan's stuff. Check out the studio. If you have any more questions, follow up. He's an expert at this stuff as well. So don't be afraid to ask a question. Don't be afraid to ask a question, as we said. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, buddy. And uh, thank you. we will see you in the next episode. All of the links for various things will be in the show notes of this podcast. And I will see you in the next episode. Until then, always be creating. Thank you.